another great day. Here we are gathered one more time to share in the greatness of our Father and our God by exalting Him and lifting Him up. Did I say share in the greatness or share the greatness? We are exalting our Father. Today is a day that He has made. We rejoice and are glad in it. We are able to see His glory as it emanates from His creation and all around us. And even in us, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, so says the psalm. This is, wow, what a show. But actually, you know what? The next time you look for it, it might be in all that getting, get understanding with Pastor John Thomas. He is indeed a man for the hour, reminding us and teaching us to definitely depend on God and to believe in him and to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing of truth. The Lord has made it possible for us to have his word. And we ought to really, really give respect to that because it is his way of guiding us into the eternal promise. He has called us out of darkness into a marvelous light. And that marvelous light truly is our salvation. We do not live anymore in the darkness of our own minds or the perverseness of how we are able to see, well, not see, in our blindness, you know, and to make these wrong choices always. But the Lord has called us into light. And the light is the is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. He shows us the way. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have um I've been talking a lot today, and so I'm a little bit on the horse side. It comes, it goes. Um, and, and it's really not hoarseness, it's it's a blocking like singers get. I guess they have to fight the phlegm all the time. I'm going through a little bit of that, and it's probably because I have allergies of a sort. There are times when I <clears throat> um, am, am just, you know, fighting being outside, <laughs> and it isn't really bad, but this this happens to me. Excuse me. So this is really um, in all that getting get understanding, and I'm not quite sure where Pastor Thomas is, but I've never known him not to be. <laughs> there he is. He's showing up. He is the author of in all that getting get understanding, right? So um we're excited that that he's here because these little booklets, study booklets are are study booklets. That's what they are. Bible studies. Um, they're short enough to be to be um devotionals and yet a little bit more extended because it will take you uh, uh you know a, a minute to get through one and to really absorb and understand everything that is there. So Pastor Thomas, I am confused. I sent an invitation to you. I'm going to do it again. You're in the wrong place. <laughs> you should be sitting in the co-host seat 
um, but you are not. So I'm sending you another invitation. Hopefully you will get it. Click on the link and and end up in the co-host position because from where you are, you will have to dial in. You will have to request um, getting in that in that position. So check your email one more time and see if you cannot open the current invitation and arrive in a right space. Good evening, Sharon. We are here. And you know what? I'm just grateful to the Lord that anymore I, I don't get as flustered as I used to when things don't go just right. When you've come up in, in the theater, uh, you know, and, and you've done good theater as I did, really, I was blessed. The Lord gave me opportunity to work with some really good people. And I learned the art of theater and I like a good, good show. That's why I like to call this one. Wow, what a show. Um let me tell you, so I like perfection. You know, I am very critical when things don't go wrong, not of others, but of myself. And uh, I, I thank the Lord he's taken some of that away from me. I'm a little less um, flustered and, and a little less critical. I do the best that I can, and we shall see. Pastor Thomas, would you please check your email one more time, because I'm never going to hear you where you're seated there. And I want you to be someplace else. So it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting to have Pastor Thomas in the house. And hopefully uh, many, many will join us as he uh, is getting into the, um, into the co-host position so that we can actually hear him. I love his booklets and I've gone through um I've combed through one um, in, in its entirety, and I find they're still really, really uh, good food to, to dine on. You know, God has given us such a word. And as we have been reading through the Proverbs, I don't know one person who has not told me you know, who's attended that I really know and talk with. Uh, uh, some people I don't, but those who have come have all said that this reading of the Proverbs has been such a different experience. So these guys have been in Christ for a while and, you know, they've read through their Bible as I have. My, my Proverbs is all marked up. And um, for some reason, this reading has given a deeper, deeper dive into a personal assessment because the Proverbs are written to, I believe, they were written, well, they were, they were written by Solomon to guide his son. And so the son, you know, they were written from that uh, vantage point of a son, get, you know, examining himself and making sure he stays in the way of wisdom. Well, there you are. I am so glad about it. Tell me. Well, you can call me and tell me what happened. We won't talk about it right now. I'm just glad you're in the right position there and that you are ready to lead us into another deep dive into God's word. This is wonderful, the way the Lord has prepared a table and set his people before it. You know, Pastor Thomas, I think the Lord is getting us ready for something that is quite phenomenal. I believe, I believe that Jesus Christ will come again very soon. 
and that before we know it, we'll be sitting at that uh, wedding feast. The lambs, uh, what is it? I keep I've, the lamb, the uh, the wedding supper of the lamb. That's what it is, and we will be in fellowship with those who love the Lord and those that we have not seen for a while, but have gone on before. So I'm so grateful, really and truly, of all that is happening here. So you want to take over? I'm ready. Um, praise the Lord, everybody. Um, mm -hmm. Be blessed on purpose. Um, I, I, it's dropped in my spirit tonight is that we've been listening for a little while, and the Lord led me to ask, what do you want to talk about tonight? Me? You're asking me? Anybody. Oh, I see. Anyone out there, what would you like to talk about tonight? Use the chat box and write your comments. And uh, we, you know, Pastor, Pastor John will hear them and then he will uh, accommodate. I think this is exciting. <laughs> it's good. Right? Yes. Um, because I ask that because we have created a platform in our ministry where what you would not have been able to ask because how church is structured, I allow not at church time, but in our classes, I allow the, the saints to ask questions. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. not a theologian, nor am I a scholar, but there are this everyday biblical questions that we have or things we really don't understand that given an opportunity, uh, you might get an answer. Praise the Lord. Cause that's why mm -hmm. we have questions and mm -hmm. answers in ours. And I'm just curious, like what, what, what can we discuss tonight? Well, uh, it, it'll take a little minute, you know, because people have to get to the chat box and then they have to type it in. So I can I can get it started. Oh, you know what you we could? Uh, pardon me. What you have? What you have, uh, Philip? Oh, <laughs> I want to announce that you will be uh, having you will be hosting a podcast on Monday nights uh, that will uh, address singleness in Christ. And it is not a time to search out how to find a mate, I guess, or whatever, my understanding, but rather to uh, perhaps really begin to broach the subject of living in a society that is so driven by sexual innuendos and pornography. How do we actually scale that mountain and wait for the uh, person that God has um, in store, right? Like young men searching for good, good wives and wives searching for committed, godly husbands. How do we occupy until the Lord opens that door? So Pastor Thomas will come on Monday nights at eight o'clock and that will be that it would be open and and get used to the chat box because I'm sure you're going to want to chat with him on that score. Uh, and Pastor, if I have described that wrong, please clarify so that everyone uh, will understand what to expect on Monday nights. 
No, that's good. And and I'll give you something tonight too on that. But first let's let's open up in a word of prayer if you don't if I know y'all don't mind. Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening with a broken and contract heart. We come thirsting and hungering for your righteousness. We thank you for allowing us to have this platform that we can come and reason with each other concerning your word. We ask that we ask you to let the Holy Ghost uh work full force in our lives. Uh and in that being said, God, we just thank you for everything you have done. We thank you for keeping us, leading us, guiding us, and covering us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 For sure. Somebody had said yeah. they wanted to talk about the power of prayer. Power. Yes. Now, I'm going to intertwine the power of prayer and how you wait. Mm-hmm. What that means. Good. All right. The power of prayer. The Bible says... A man should always pray. Pray is the vehicle that God has given man to communicate with God. When we invest in prayer, we are investing in a relationship with God. Prayer is not just about asking God for what you want. That's one thing we must get clear. Prayer can is used for or should be used for getting direction getting clarity getting understanding when we pray we are talking to our lord and our savior and what we must come to terms with is that if we are talking because it's communication prayer is communication the bible said be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your requests known. So first, before you can actually pray, you got to believe that God exists. And once you come to the understanding or come to a place where you believe God exists and you pray to God for something you need or something you want changed in your life, whatever the case is, You bring it to him and you have to believe that he hears you. The Bible says this is the confidence that we have in him. That anything we ask according to his will, he hears us. So if I'm asking something, God, for something that's not contrary to God, then he's listening. And the next scripture says, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, he will give us the petition we so desire. So prayer is letting God know you recognize he exists. Praying to God allows you to get out of your head and your feelings and get into the arms of God. The question is, why I'm waiting for a mate, how do I control these fleshly desires? Well, the scripture says, those who walk after the spirit will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, the desires of the flesh and anything that is not of God. 
comes from the natural man, comes from how we used to be, how we thought, how we process stuff. We were so into feeding ourselves that we became so selfish that we didn't care what anybody else wanted. If I had a feeling, I want to satisfy it. If I had an itch, I want to scratch it. Whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, whether it was good for, well, all those things that we so desire from the natural perspective that makes us cardinal, that they are good as far as in our eyes. But Romans 12 and 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So here it is. Uh, we should not be searching for a mate, male or female. I mean, the man or the woman. More than we are searching for God. If we are trying to do his will and not our will, then we would focus more on the things of God. Uh, one of the things we do, I did teach in our classes that we want a mate. But are you really ready for a mate? Are you a compatible mate? What is it that you bring into the table? And it ain't got nothing to do with the pocket, even though you have to have some money. But what are you bringing? Why do you want a mate? What are you going to do with her or him? Because the Bible is saying, telling a man to leave his house and cling to his wife and the two become one. Why are you two guys deciding to be one? <clears throat> For what? Is it for your own selfish desires or is it to better or further the kingdom of God? You have to make sure you, are, you have a relationship with God because the woman was instructed to obey the man. Now, if the man is not obeying God, then the woman would be obeying the flesh of the man, not the spirit of the man. Okay? So in that, we have to make sure we are who we should be. That we are walking, talking, and living in the likeness and image of God. Because if you don't have the relationship with God, if you remember what the scripture said, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and he added favor, the favor is necessary for you guys to do the unbelievable and expect the unexpected. The favor gives you an advantage over your flesh. It ignites your spirit man. And that, that, that favor is that God opens certain doors and, and gives certain opportunities and reveal certain things to you so that you and your mate can do his will. So before you get a mate, you might want to get a relationship with God. And not to say you don't. 
But if you're following what you think and what you feel, you are bound to fail. You have to do it the way God is saying we ought to do it. Fellas, I'm going to take them as I see them. Okay, Okay. go right ahead. Would you like to just say something on that? With regards to getting a mate, what I was thinking, and I kind of don't want to get ahead of the Monday night sessions, but um, there is an internal kind of, well, let me put it to you this way. Some children, even as early as, I don't know, four or five years old, will show signs of wanting that role in life. And so when I was um, working in the high school and listening to all the educators, you know, and all everybody and their uncle driving children towards college, so delaying marriage, I used to think that that was so that was so not uh, unproductive that was it was not good because if a child already has in their heart that they want to be in in a relationship that they really want to be housewives and the husbands who just really want to have a family then i'm thinking that the the um former way of being married earlier in life was you know calling them and so I, sometimes I wonder we do not um, promote promiscuity and, and but by just pushing children, you know, young, young adults, pushing them, pushing them, go to college, get the thing. I, I, and and I, I really am not for it. I, I really am not. I, I'm, I'm for everyone being able to uh, possess their own virtuosity, their own virtue and and do whatever they should do at the time they should do it. So, okay, I might yeah. have to kind of rebut that a little bit if that's okay. Mm-hmm. You can rebut. Um, be not conformed to this world, mm-hmm. but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might know that good and perfect, the good and perfect will of God. Mm-hmm. This society has its own agenda. They might be pushing school. They might be pushing trades or or professions. But the kingdom of God is pushing relationship. It's pushing kingdomship. And a child, a junior high school person, you, you said something about, well, let me put it this way. Virtue have to be taught. A kid, a child, a young adult, and you could tell by the older adults, don't have a clue what they feeling. It's all flesh. It's, it's all lust. It's all natural, too. It's a natural feeling because we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. The Bible said, teach a child in a way it should go, and when they get older, when they get old, it won't depart far. 
So with the influence of society, society is going to put all these different ideas in a, in a person's head and put all these things in front of them. And they're going to make their uneducated decisions and they're going to go that way. But if the parent put the word of God in that child, teaches them the fruits of the spirit, love, peace, joy, kindness, gentleness, of long-sufferance, forbearance, teach those characteristics and, and, and give them those, that value system that the world don't give us, that when it continues to grow and it experiences what it experiences somewhere in there, when they come to themselves, they will remember what they were taught as a child. You know what I'm saying? Today, we are making much better decisions than we did when we were younger. Even though our parents gave us some good advice. But today, we need godly advice, not good advice. This world has nothing to offer the believer. So how, how are you rebutting what I said? I think we are on the same page. Well, when you said, <laughs> I think you that, said. When you, said you let the, ch the child uh, get it for themselves, let them go the way they need to go. See, they want, let me say this. They want relation. Now, you got to remember, we are watching our mothers and the fathers together. We're watching the mother having babies. And now we're getting a concept of family. But because of all the distractions and all the crazy stuff that goes on, how many of us, and I know some of us have, some of y'all have, seen a healthy relationship? How many fathers have been a good example for their children or their sons to follow? Because that's all we got. We either going to get it from the household, our parents, or we're going to get it from the streets. Now, if you look at some of the young girls and then look at their moms, you're going to get a variation there. You're going to get some of them mimicking their mother and they acting crazy. And then you're going to get some who's totally contrary to, to how their mother act. But it's them making those decisions with limited amount of knowledge. See, the purpose for, and, and we had that discussion too, what was the purpose for Adam and Eve? He said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. There was a, there was a, 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 a um, oh God, what's a good word? An assignment, let's say, for lack of a better word. We, Adam and Eve was supposed to replenish the earth and the earth was supposed to have a like spirit like God. But because they did what they did, that's why David said, I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. So we can't leave, you, you can't leave the future of a child in a child's hand because you don't have enough information to make a godly uh, uh, decisions. What do you think? Hello. What I'm saying is that their children 
who are first and foremost they are um well they they there are some some children just want to be housewives and and husbands early in you know they that's you know early marriages don't fail any more than late marriages when I'm, and I'm saying that rather than um talk a child into delaying a committed relationship we as adults and in this particular society might reconsider making them delay those relationships because we want them to go to college or we want them to become professionals or whatever that is that we want you know we have we have a desire for our children to be highly educated you know so you want to go to college and now uh, some kids don't make it through college you know they marry they marry while they're in college or, or they leave school and get married and then they come back and finish up later. What I'm saying is just like, rather than pushing this thing the way we do education, education, which in my view, from my observation and from the work that I have done, that puts a burden on the, on certain children that uh, it is, it's hard to, it's hard for them to actually walk in, their integrity. It's hard for them to be virtuous throughout there. The Bible says, if you burn, marry. So that means that there's some, some people who are really, really, they desire that intimacy. They want that life. And we keep telling them, no, don't get married. Don't get married. But I'm saying, get married, get, get married. If you are, you know, in a relationship at, at 18 and you graduate high school, I really do think children should graduate high school, but like you know, all folks didn't always graduate high school. Their marriage was happening much sooner. That's my point. My okay. point is, are we perpetuating our promiscuity? Are we perpetuating, uh, you know, the this uh, extreme sexual, you know, people sleeping together and living together and all that stuff outside of the sanctity of marriage by urging them to delay marriage? That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's okay. It. Cool. Check this out. Let's say we don't delay the marriage. We allow them to marry so that they don't become wood for the hellfire, right? All this is mm -hmm. is feeding the flesh. Now watch See, this. I the okay, narrative here mm -hmm. is when they push you, huh? I'm listening. Um, the the thing is that this society is. Can you hear me? I hear you. Uh, yes. Hello. I, do. I hear you. Okay. This this society is pushing, like you said, uh, school, education, this and that. Now, what about the kid that go to school, get the education, and get the job that when he finds the wife, he can take care of her versus the one who don't get the schooling, don't get the good job, and, and, and take care of that sexual need? What is he offering the relationship? One of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. So I don't know if we, are we, am I losing you? Am I, 
Are you losing me? The the mm -hmm. education. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, we're getting a little bit of feedback. Uh, oh, a, a, um, Somebody, so a pastor, comment. Hmm? Yes, someone wants to make a she, that, that that person Hello? is in position to make a comment. If you don't mind, would would okay. you? Okay, so um, let's see. Fresh and Spaces has asked to make a comment. Would you go right ahead, please? Oh, good Hi. evening. I came in a little late on the good. session. Sorry. Good to see you, Pastor Thomas, or hear you. <laughs> um, that's an interesting conversation you have. So I'll keep myself brief in, in case I miss some preliminary statements. I was just noting that in some cultures, when you were talking about marriage, and I think that last comment you made, uh, Pastor Thomas, was definitely well received. Sometimes, um, you know, when you're young, you do sort of you're guided by your emotion only. Maybe you're not ready. But I do find it um, interesting that uh, people that I've known, uh, particularly women, the longer they stay out of a solid relationship and they do marry, the more likely they are to be more prom promiscuous, even if they didn't start that way in high school. Eventually, the pressure of keeping a relationship and the hope of marriage or some sort of you know solid relationship uh, helps them to justify um, doing that. And then I, I noticed the, in, in our country, there are, there are high abortion rates all over the world. I realize that now, but mm -hmm. here I've seen it, um, you know, for fear of lots of things and for want of college and for want of job and for want of a lot of things that you can get when you're married. Um, but people try to make you feel like you cannot get them when you're married there, there are lots of things that happen before the girl is finally settled. And if you are a woman, you know, there are a lot of things you may not say, but you regret deeply your compromises, deeply, maybe much more than a man does. I don't know, but I know it sets very deep in a woman's heart. And the wish is always that you could go back and purify yourself. So for the women that I've seen, um, you know, who have... Um, you know, there, there's some people in different cultures who I've seen, it's a little bit more prominent and with my Hispanic friends, maybe to marry a little earlier. And even if they're not getting the higher paying jobs, I do commend a family that stays together over a family that has more money, because once you have more money, but you have a lot of regret, the money does not heal the regret. And so, you know, just something to think about. I don't know how they do it in other places that are still practicing some traditions, so I kind of on both ends, you and Phyllis, I can understand both sides of that. Sure, don't marry for lust, obviously. But at the same time, we're putting things off. Uh, women can't have children. Women have had abortions before they had children, and then they can have children, or they develop fibroid issues in their older age, and then they can. So there's a lot of regret going on on the woman's side, biologically, when we put things off. And I haven't experienced all those things, but I've talked enough to, to women that you, you just you know, you, you can't go back. And so if there's opportunity for a solid relationship, one thing I've learned is that it's work no matter. <laughs> and if you have a good supportive family and they kind of help you keep the glue in your marriage and um, you can make it even younger instead of putting off for what the world flashes in front of you, you know, to be a model, et cetera, perhaps it might be better <laughs> to change your plans and not 
commit so much, not, not be prompt, promiscuous, because that's the one gift we have that you cannot repair. God can give you the grace and he can heal you, but it's just not, uh, you know, it's not good to go for another five years and have four relationships and then wish you had stopped at the first. <laughs> so that's all I want to say. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That was good. Pastor Thomas, yes, you were speaking. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, so, okay. I, I hear what you okay. Um, okay. Me, me as a father, I have four daughters. Mm -hmm. Three, one age and one that's older. If a young man wanted to take my daughter out of the house and marry her and wanted to take care of her, not nothing spiritual, but I would first have to ask him, how are you going to take care of my daughter? What is your plan? Because see, if I'm taking care of her, I'm feeding her, clothing her, teaching her, housing her and all that good stuff. And you want to take her from there and be a family with her, which is, that's a good thing. You want to be a family. How are you going to take care of my daughter? What, what means do you have? What wisdom do you have? So that would be the concern in the early part. Not that we're looking for all this money and all the, you know, all the glamour and glitter. But, but you have to be stable enough to when you take a woman out of a household and you want her to follow you, you got to have a plan. And it ain't a hope and a dream. You have to have something concrete. The Bible teaches us when you go build a house, you must count up the costs. When he talks about being a good steward, like you may have enough for you, taking care of your needs and your things. Now you bring in someone else in. How do you, and, and, and again, I'm just saying to maintain to maintain yourself, to maintain a healthy family environment. What wisdom do the young people have to transmit to one another? Do they know how to come together and reason? Do they know how to agree to disagree? Do the young man know how to communicate and pray with God and get direction? Do, do, do the young man know that God command him to love his wife as Christ loved the church? Do the man have a clear understanding of what love is? That, that's just my position. Sister Phyllis, or any. Yes, well, uh, Fresh in Spaces responses I agree, it would have been nice. Okay, so Sharon is coming in. Uh, let me let her in. It would have uh, mm, it would have been nice for boys to be better prepared and a bit more mature earlier in life, but they're being cuddled into adulthood. But see, I think that the the with God God in the midst, it will never work. But let me tell you something. This may be hard to hear, but without God in the midst, many marriages do work. Now, I'm, and I'm, I'm not at all advocating for that. 
I am simply saying that we might have, I, and I, I wasn't talking about the church at that moment when I made my statement. My statement was societal. I'm talking about what is happening in a society when education and good jobs and money and cars, houses and homes and all that stuff take precedence over, over um, uh, pure lives. See, I believe really and truly that if we put priorities right, if we get the order right, then so much of this, this that has come about uh, from pushing for those things that are very temporal, by the way. Everything that we're talking about is temporal. We just read a proverb that says, riches don't last always. And there's no guarantee that the king will be on the throne forever, for, for generations or something to that effect. See, we, we put our, our stock in those things that are really not on God's heart. So if we begin to put our minds and raise our children with all those attributes that you're talking about, even if you raise them, you know, right and do the right thing, they still have to grow into it. And as old as we are, we're still growing into it. So the, you know, that, that, that the vision of things being just right before you get married is a, it's, it's, to me, it's a pipe dream. It isn't going to be just right. The attraction gets it started. I, I've written a whole series there. It's called, um, it, it, it's just the beginning of love. You know, it's the sustaining love. It is, you know, growing love. It's it's all of these, uh, uh, the Lord just showed me. You get started, right? And then where there are mentors and you know, good solid teachings in the word of God or just good solid teachings in society, period we okay. might be able to diminish the amount of promiscuity, the amount of pornography and, and uh, uh, sexual addictions, the amount of abortions, all this fallout from impurity, in sexual impurity in our, in our society. That was my only point. I, I'm not talking about anything other than that. Yeah, it's very true. Tony writes, without God, even the possible becomes impossible. Our discussion becomes full of confusion and distractions through the marriage, the business, the career, and even your own personality. Um, our discussion, I kind of don't, I'm not, I'm not totally following you there, Tony. But without God, you, we know that, you know, many things just don't happen right. But the, the, uh, the failure rate in marriages amongst Christians is as high as it is amongst those who are not Christians. So something is not right anywhere. Something is, something is amiss everywhere. And we need to is. really begin to see it. What is you know it? What it is? It's the last yes, yes. application of the word of God. The script has already been written. He has already told us. And when, and then when you look for, uh, Good advice from the world? No, no, no. He said, there's no good thing in the world. The world is already corrupt. The world is already producing all this negativity, promiscuousness, promiscuousness, how do you say that? Um, Promiscuity. Fornication. It, yeah. it, 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 it promotes that. The Bible That's says, what I said. 
Right. Blessed is the man who taketh not counsel from the ungodly or stand in the ways of the sinner or sit in the seat of the scornful. We, we have to, as believers, come to believe and to understand that God has given us everything that we would need to be successful in what he called us to do. We, we got to get the world uh, and the ways of the world out of our minds to the point that, uh, like, what is that, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my needs. And, and we were talking about jobs and all of that good stuff. It has, not, it has nothing to do with the, the promises of this world, but it's the basic virtues that we learn from having a relationship with God. All of those Christian marriages that failed, well, they failed because they didn't do what God said they ought to do. Period. Period. They did not follow the instructions. David had put in place uh, some law that gave man and woman uh, out to divorce. And he gave them under these conditions is the only time you can divorce. And, but with, you know, the Bible teaches us what God put together, let no man undo, right? So it's all about patience. It's all about working it out. It's about staying together. Marriage is not easy. I'm sure it's not. And you have to have what it takes or you have to believe that uh, God put you, this woman in your life for a reason, e even if you don't see it yet. And we so quick to dismiss something that don't make us feel good or I don't like the way she does this or the way he does that. And, and what it is, you know, going back to the fruits of the spirit, when you look at long sufferance and forbearance, when you look at words like kindness, we have a hard time being kind to one another. We have a hard time being uh, 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 loving to one another, forgiving one another. And until we get a grip on those things, we'll never be compatible. We'll never be equally yoked with another person because the, if I hope the man that my daughter's fine, have a relationship with God. Because if we just go off on what we learned in the world, it'll never happen. It'll never stay together. It'll never. Just like he's given us the way to salvation. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way. I am the light. No one comes unto the Father except by me. He paved the way that the believers must go in order to receive salvation. There's no deviation. He said, if anyone comes any other way, he's like a thief. And that's what we do. We are rule breakers. <laughs> we as natural men and women, we are rule breakers. We go against the grain. We go how we feel and not what we know. Yeah, Philip, or anyone. Oh, Sharon is in the um, speaker's place. She's in the co-host position. Would you like to say something, Sharon? Yes, ma'am, I would. After listening okay, to you all, <laughs> thank you. Good evening, everyone. I'm just thinking about the young folks that I've had encounters with that are not saved. A lot of them are getting married um, and where we didn't get married back in the day at an early age, a lot of us 
a lot of them are now getting married, but they're still not giving God that accolades and, and the attention that they should as a family. So even though some marriages in the faith don't make it because they were unequally yoked, even still the people that are outside the family, they won't know if they're unequally yoked until something happens with their marriage. So with that being said, um, it's about listening to someone who can tell you what you need to know biblically from from god's uh standpoint giving them the word and letting them know because even right now my son and his wife they're having some challenges right now you know she's having challenges and me as a mother i have to tell him until you take the initiative to be the head which is the man which he is the head of his household okay but from a biblical standpoint putting god first taking your children to church take your wife to church pray together study do those biblical pr principles that will keep your your uh, marriage favorable in the sight of god you know so we as uh believers we have to share that with these young people a lot of us are not saying what we need to say to the young people you know they may not listen at that point but at some point when they're by themselves or whatever they're doing that that's going to come back to them because we know we are to plant the seed Somebody else will come by and water it and God will give the increase. So once we do our job, then things will happen and things will change and these marriages will work and these people will see that they have to, you got to put God first in everything. He said, acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll direct your path. So I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I really do believe that Pastor took the, the, the point that I am making seriously is not, I'm not talking about um, godly marriages, though, of course, that is the ideal, of course. I am talking about changing outcomes of delaying marriage, period in the church, out of the church, wherever, in the society. I'm talking about in the society. We have a procedure by which we cause our children, our young adults, and not children, and I wish we could throw teenager in the, you know, in the sea of forgetfulness forever, because teenagers are talked about as if they have a... Um, I don't know, a right or, you know, they have a right to spend those years in wantonness and, and pleasure seeking. Okay, so that being said, I am simply saying that early on, some children, not all children, demonstrate by their very of responses to the life that you're giving them, that we are providing for them, that they want to be homemakers, period. And the fact that everywhere in their lives they go to school is go to college, go to college, go to college, right? Wait a minute. And so you graduate from, uh, what is it? Uh, where do you start, Gabby, down there in those little schools where they have these children dressed up in these little, you know, uh, gowns and caps? So they're doing a graduation before you can get into first grade. Then you graduate again from 
uh, now it used to be sixth grade, now it's fifth grade. And you graduate again from, okay, middle school, then you go to high school. And you actually do this whole ceremony again from high school, and then you go to college, right? And so the, the, the child is being pushed towards a very temporal end. I don't care what you think about good paying jobs and higher education. It is still temporal. Now, the Lord has gifted every person and the gift needs to be trained and honed and and giving God the glory. And everybody who goes to college does not make enough money to maintain a home. My husband is a Ph.D. doctor of philosophy. I have a master's degree. And just like the proverb says, Riches don't last forever. You can have a good job today. And if the market changes tomorrow, your good job is flushed down the tubes. I'm not against a good job. And I am sure enough not against sufficient money. I'm just saying that my father was a brick mason and had more steadiness in his work than some of these newfangled high paying jobs. You could be riding high one day and down in the dumps. When I first moved to Monmouth County, and my husband was in the group, all of these layoffs through these big, rich companies. And I watched right here in one of the richest counties in the United States, people's homes were taken. And folks had to really, 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 really downsize. You see, I'm not talking that you you would surely everybody wants a good job. Everybody does. But God is more concerned with what is happening in your body. He says that sexual immorality is a sin against the body. Delayed desire. You might we can we can uh we can romanticize everything. But the truth of the matter is that if a person desires family life at 18 and you tell them don't get married, I guarantee you that at some point, just like Fresh and Spaces says, they will lose that that purity. And they might have also walked past a lifetime commitment with someone that really, really cared. That's the only point I was making. I believe in godly marriages. I believe in teaching our children to obey the word of God. I believe in all of that to the utmost. Raise my children in it, as I'm sure some of you tried to do the same. But when a man becomes a man and a woman becomes a woman, and it happens at about 15 in this society, they are going to go according to where the mind is teaching them. And they're going to make some choices. It takes a minute to grow up in Christ. We don't just get born again and all of a sudden we're mature and we're doing the right thing. That's not how it happens. It would be lovely if it did, but that's not how it happens. Not to anyone, I'm sorry. God is raising us up. We don't get perfect until actually I think we walk through the, through the you know, into into eternity. That's when I think perfection in, in man. When I say perfection, I mean in the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ, the very thing he's taken us to. So we all have to come to that. So so the, 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 the conversation, I mean, the, the point has been stretched. 
But the only point I was making is if we uh, start to be, I, I said this in the high school, by the way, let's teach our children rather than pushing marriage, right? Get a course or, or, or use that course that's already there called home economics or whatever it is to begin to teach what it means to be married, what is required in marriage, how to do some of the things. I teach, I teach um, a character, uh, a course in character development or the professional life and professional skills. That's what it's called. And in that, we touch on all of this stuff that we're talking about now. And, and I bet I could teach that class amongst mature Christian adults. And I'll bet you, you could learn a whole lot that you thought you already knew. Because as we're reading the Proverbs, everybody who's been coming, I tell you, they will. They, they, if they don't testify to this, then they're better than I am. Because I'm testifying that God is looking into the very recesses of my soul. He is going deep down into this flesh. And I am assessing Phyllis, nobody else. And I'm saying, thank you, Jesus, because you see what I don't see. And as much as I'm thinking I'm kind of getting there, okay, I am getting there, but there's a whole lot more to get. Hence, Pastor Thomas, you have written in all that getting, get understanding. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I thank God for that exchange of ideas and thoughts and opinions and uh, positions. And praise the Lord. Let us just continue to grow. Um, and can can we share for <coughs> Phyllis? Oh, of course. Amen. Definitely. Let's move right along. I wanted to go back to the reason for prayer or the power of prayer as the young lady had asked us earlier. And I was looking at my volume two and I wrote a chapter, a reason for prayer. And I just want to share with us a little bit of it and expound on it, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Prayer puts us in direct contact with God. Through prayer, we become intimate with God and it allows us to know the heart of God and his will for us. Through prayer, we are able to leave our reality and experience the presence of God. Prayer has a way of reassuring a person that everything's gonna be all right. When your life is crazy and unmanageable, you should not complain. You should not worry, but you should pray. And uh, I have some scriptures there that support that, that point. The prayer, the reason the prayer is so important for the believer is that it gives us another perspective or it gives us another vehicle being God to get information. All we know is all we know. And that's what we do based on what we know. The Bible tells us that the wisdom of man is foolishness unto God. Uh, in my heart, in my Holy Ghost imagination, I believe that God has given us the scriptures 
so that we will not repeat the same mistakes we made years ago. Prayer keeps us in constant contact with our Lord and our Savior. Prayer, if, if, I, I, if I dare to be personal with it, like the book said, it gives me a reassurance, I'm not in this by myself, that there is a higher knowledge, a higher wisdom. Uh, uh, you know, we know that God knows everything and he's the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, nothing happens without him knowing. And and when I communicate with prayer, because that's what prayer is, communicating with God, I get insight. You know, the Bible teaches us that the job of the Holy Spirit is to lead us, to guide us, to comfort us, um, to remind us what Jesus has said, and to let us know those things that are to come. He gives us revelation knowledge. See, I'm no longer leaning to my own understanding, but I'm trusting in the Lord. Uh, like Sister Sharon, she used the scripture, acknowledge me in all my ways, in all your ways, I'm sorry. And he'll be a light unto your path. He, what God is saying is through prayer, I can tell you what you need to do to get what you so desire. And in, in, what, in, in whatever it is, he said, if you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. And in delighting ourselves in communicating with God, our, our stinking thinking is being transformed and not conformed to this world. Uh, the way we perceive things. I, I wrote a chapter with the man with one eye is that. What it means is that we have a tendency of seeing things out of from our own perspective. And our own perspective is so minute, it's so insufficient that we, through prayer, must communicate with God in order for God to give us revelation, knowledge, and open our minds to allow us to see what we can't see in the natural. Allowing us to make godly decisions, not better decisions, but godly decisions. And, and what I've learned thus far is that it starts and it ends with God. There's no in-between. How I feel about it has nothing to do with it. Couldn't care less. What he said about it is what it's about. And I have I had learned and I'm learning to trust in the Lord in all my ways and lean not to my own understanding because I know my understanding is limited compared to God's understanding. So prayer is so important because it takes, check it out. When I'm praying, I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to my friends. I'm not taking that good advice that they given me because now I'm getting it directly from the source. And when I say what he says and I do what he do, I can't go wrong. I haven't been going wrong. It has been working out just like he said. Through prayer, having communication with God has got me where I am today. Phyllis, 
Those books came from prayer and communicating with God and allowing him to use me as a vehicle to put down, like he told when you remember when he uh, sent the angels to talk to, to tell John to write down revelation. I feel like I had an experience like that, that through prayer and my supplication with God, that I was allowed to hear things that I couldn't hear before understand things that I didn't understand before. Amen. So I bless yes. God these yards that we have, that these conversations that we have. It, it mm -hmm. is so exhilarating, man, to talk with other people who know God. I ain't Amen. talking about the people who just say they're Christians and they go to church and sing the songs and shout and run around there. I'm talking about the people who has been transformed to a degree where they are applying to whatever degree the word of God in their lives and seeing, not just doing it, but seeing the promises of God. I'm ecstatic about mm. it. I am. <laughs> I am. Beside myself. Phyllis, go ahead. I am too. <laughs> I am ecstatic too. I am amazed. Even when when I start uh, every show with um, the heavens declare the glory of God, I could just rest in those words of that psalm for a long time. And it seems the more I say it, the greater God gets in my uh, vision, in my in my uh, understanding. It is a wonderful thing, and I do do believe that the Lord has spoken these words to you. I truly do. And I do believe that for this hour, Pastor John Thomas is a pastor. He is, a, he, he is the vision. He is the vision of a pastor that I've always thought ought to be because we can talk, we can share, and we can pray. And together, we can laugh in Christ. We can enjoy this wonderful fellowship and no one has to feel left out or inhibited. You won't understand if you're never allowed to say, I don't understand, <laughs> or if you're never allowed to give your point of view and, um, and have it, uh, uh, you know, um, kind of uh, examined by the the elders, so to speak. And I don't mean that in the formal sense. I simply mean people of other experiences who may be older, but even, even our peers, when we come to Christ, he has done a marvelous thing that is common to all of us. He's brought us out of darkness into light. And now we see and sometimes, like Pastor Thomas says, we, we don't see clearly, you know, but we are seeing more than we ever saw before. A closed mouth won't get fed. You got it right. Thank you, Sharon. That's lovely. We are all excited. Yes, ma'am. The glory of God. Hallelujah. These are comments. I love it. And uh, you know what? I am excited also about hashing out this whole thing about intimacy and marriage because I... Um, have for years just contemplated. I mean, I really, I, I got bold enough to go and tell this school, you know, you, you're kind of wasting some children's time. Uh, so we will hash that out. And I'm excited about the Monday night uh, group setting 
where jo- Pastor Thomas is going to entertain uh, even even more of this, and we're going to really get uh, get a better understanding of what it means to be single and to wait or to be single, and if God so designs it, you know, to to be married, but to be well married, not just, you know, well, with all this stuff the pastor was talking about, I totally agree. I wouldn't want a man to take my daughter and couldn't take care of her, you know, or, or my son to take a wife and couldn't take care of her either. Um, so we, we will get into more of that. Any more topics out there? You know, I, I like this power of prayer, right? Pastor Thomas, um, my church has been meeting in prayer every night, every night for uh, almost two years now. Sister Amy, uh, catch me if I'm wrong, right? And and Minister Amy, who is now uh, also on the line this evening, has been a very powerful part of that a prayer line. She is, to me, born to pray, you know. Some people just kind of have that prayer thing going on, yet while others seem to be so intimidated by even, you know, if you say, can you say a prayer? Um, They're so afraid to pray. And I remember being very timid to pray in public, but I was doing a lot, you know, I was doing a lot of prayer and at home, but I was timid to to pray in public. And Pastor, let's continue a little bit with that, if you would, please. What is the, what is the, um, the um, attitude, rather, or the spirit of one who prays, there, there is a, um, what am I trying to say here? There is a, a moment, a final moment when I think, of, um, I believe, rather, a Christian releases to the benefits of their salvation and prayer is one of them prayer is a is a big benefit of being in relationship with the lord and so oh somebody says i'm i'm one of the timid ones i know i will get better see now pastor this is what i want to listen to her words i know i will get better when we are in congregations right <laughs> and there are some people who just pray 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 down the well the rafters and then the others of us feel very, very intimidated by that. Tell us how to step over that hurdle, please, sir. Well, no, I, what I, brings I, us I, over that hurdle? Okay, I just want to uh, approach the whole thing, if, if I can, if I may. And, okay. and what I say is not an attack on anybody, but it's a reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and I say it to make you aware that you can be better. You can do better. Remember the scripture that says, be not deceived by the philosophy or the tradition of man or the rudiment of the world, of this world. Mm-hmm. And it gives us, it takes us to the rudiment of God, though. What has happened? Well, let me give you this scripture first. Remember when Jesus said, don't pray like the hypocrites with vain repetition and all of that stuff? They did that to impress the people, to make the people think that they were more religion, religious than they were. Watch this. The reason people are getting intimidated 
and this is not everybody, this is some, they have turned praying into a competition. The power of prayer has been diminished because how many people do you know that pray to God for something and keep going back to him praying the same prayer? That turns into vain repetition. And what that does, it says, God, I don't think you heard me. Or I don't. And if I got to keep going back to God for a same prayer, then that means I don't believe he heard me or I don't believe he's going to do it. Look what the look what the Bible said. Be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your request known. He's saying, even before you tell God what you want, thank him for it. Because the scripture said, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know whatsoever we ask, he will give us the petition that we so desire. So with that, I have the confidence that if I go to God and I say, Lord, I need you to deliver, give me the power to deliver myself from this or to lay hands on somebody and help them to be, recover, it's done. I'm not going back because I know he heard me and I know that's his will. His will is that we be in good health and prosper as our soul prosper. His will, is, he said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The reason we are, the reason we are praying ineffectively and we are praying not knowing how to pray. And, and that's okay because the, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray because John taught his disciples how to pray. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit make intercession for us because we know not what to pray. Pray is communication with God. Pray is asking God, believing God, and waiting to receive it without wavering. The reason people are, are, are I'm telling you, it's like a, a sport. You got people trying to outpray one another because of those itchy ears, but but the, it ain't reaching God because you a lot. And I'm not saying everybody because we got some bona fide prayer warriors now. We got people who now to get a prayer through. Absolutely, so I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the other guys, the other folks. The reason that we are not getting what we are asking for. Is because we are wavering in it. We are praying, say, God, your word said by his stripes we are healed. And I'm claiming my healing in the name of Jesus. And then five minutes later, you will tell somebody, you you'll tell somebody, well, you know, whatever God's will is. That's a contradiction because we know what God's will is. He didn't save us to, for us to die. He told us, if any among you are sick, go to the elders. He said, if you believe in the works that I do, you shall do also in greater works than these. And if you know what Jesus has done, he's saying, and under the authority and the power of Jesus Christ, we can do it too. 
Matt was that Matthews 10 and 1. He called the disciples unto him. He gave them power over all unclean spirit. I'm sorry. He gave them power over the unclean spirit. And he sent them out and told them to heal all manner of sickness and disease. Now, if you don't believe that, you can't receive it. The prayer, I teach our, my people this. Make your petition known. But before you start asking for stuff, how about we go to God and start thanking him for what he already done? Acknowledge that he's a mighty God. You said, Phyllis, that the heavens have declared. Yeah. And they have been doing it from the beginning of the time. They have been declaring God, but man has not. Man has not been declaring the Lord. You've been playing with God. And that's why we have so many unanswered prayers. When you pray to God, it's you and God. You talk to God like you're talking to somebody else. Lord, I ain't getting this, man. I'm kind of really confused, Lord. And, and I really need you to give me some clarity on this. I'm trusting you. I'm, I'm trying to put, I know I'm a sinner, God. And I know, you know, I ain't worth all this, but you said you love me. Your word said you commanded your love towards me, though I was a sinner. So I know you, your grace and mercy is on my life. I need you to help me to get this thing right, God. I can't, you, I can't do it on my own, God. That's all, that's how God honors that. Not no great elaborate prayer and, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we, listen to this, we suppose. <laughs> Excuse me. We <laughs> supposed to be praying to God and you got some people who start shouting. And it's for God. If anything, when you start to pray like that and you have a real uh, fervent prayer, you know, the Bible said the fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. So fervent and, 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 and righteous prayer, a right prayer towards God would throw people into worship. They'll just start crying out, thank you, Lord. They'll start remembering of what God did in their lives. And they will start embracing the moment. And watch this now. Watch the Sanda. Watch this. Now here, you got two or three people just going to a worship, thanking God. Now you got two or three on earth on the same accord. You can expect something to happen. That's what the Bible said. If any two or three on earth touch and agree, he's in the midst. And when he's in the midst, there's liberty. Yokes to be destroyed. Healing to be on people. Deliverance to be in people's life. I'm trying to tell you something. I know. I, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm trying to tell you. Praise yes. the Lord. <laughs> Jesus. It's personal, man. It is so personal. That's your God. And he know who you are. We got to come boldly to the throne. We got the three C's. One, something that we stand on. We got to first be connected. That's that relationship. You got to be committed. You don't just do it sometimes. You continuously do this. Acknowledge me in all thy ways. It takes every day. 
and then you speak with confidence. You ain't saying what you saying. You saying what he's saying. And you already know the power of prayer. You already know the power of the spoken word. And you speak with confidence and people will listen. Mm -hmm. That's really good. That, that and, and that's the bottom line. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you said that. I didn't kind of want to say it, but uh, sometimes, uh, again, I'm with Pastor Thomas here. Um, uh, uh, when, when, when someone is trying to get in. Um, so let, let me say this. Send the invitation. Yes. And, and I, I'm looking for it. I did see it and I did actually uh, hit the invite button, but maybe it didn't register. So do it one more time, JJ, and I, I will make sure to, to, um, to accept. Um, sometimes when we, when we first begin to do things in a public manner, because public speaking is one of the hardest things for any person to do, they say it's as high, as, the fear of it is as high as the fear of death, you know, second to death only or something like that. Um, uh, Can I ask who said that? Oh my goodness, I'm getting, I'm getting so many, I'm getting so uh, many, um, uh, so many notes here. JJ three zero four one eight one nine. Why three C's connected, committed, and confidence? Okay, so send send your your request again. It did come, and I tried to um, to accept it. I sent the invite button but it might not have registered. I may not have gotten it in time. I'm asking you to send it again, if you will. And uh, 919-1188 is my WhatsApp. I don't kind of understand that. Oh, I see, that's your number. No, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Uh, all I do is invite you and then you come in. I'm sorry, Pastor. What I was saying, you you ask who said that? Oh my gosh, I learned that so long ago. I'll get you the uh, the reference on it. Nonetheless, public speaking is people are, are fear public speaking, and so a part of it, I think, um, a part of it is um, that we just you know are intimidated by speaking in public because the minute we stand to do something, all eyes, ears, and attention is given to us. So that puts you kind of on the spot. But what Pastor has just said is something that I um, know that I have come to or came to in being able to pray, pray publicly. I can't be concerned with what people might be expecting to hear. I can't be concerned with what they may even think about the prayer that I prayed. I simply must close out. It's like being in worship. It is worship. And speak directly to my Father. And however you speak, it's good enough for God's ears. By the way, we don't know what we really should pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit make an intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So whatever we say, however clumsy we may be in it, God really will hear and it will be translated to his wonderful ears and he will uh, respond accordingly. 
So that's a good one. Thank you so much for the uh, it's a one. Okay, I, like I'm not, I'm not. People want to call in, and I'm not uh, able to fully explain to them. I invite you in your email. <clears throat> you have to check the email, and and then come in through the link. Otherwise, you must send a request to me. I don't give out my number for that to happen. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> Sister Amy, you're sitting in the co-host seat. Um, how did you get there? Can you tell someone how you actually are fresh in spaces? How She sent an invitation, and I accepted that. Uh, Sister Amy, I have her email address. I sent an invitation to her, but somehow she ends up uh, up here. I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do, JJ. I want to hear from you. I do. But I, I'm, I'm doing my best there, okay, uh, trying to monitor uh, this as well as speak. I, I guess I can try to resend it, but um, from, from my um, list, I have that invitation sent out. So if you check your email and you see it, you can simply click on that and enter the live studio. That's the best I can do to help you there. So, okay, the power of prayer. And it is a power. And it is wonderful. And it is like, oh my goodness, it's direct talking to um, to Almighty God, who is at that moment for me. He is my, he's, he's Father. He's Abba. And um, I, I'm not afraid to talk to my Father. Not ever. Okie dokie. Anymore, there should be a phone icon at the bottom of your screen. If you tap on it, you can call in. Thank you, Emperor Leo. Please, thank you so much. And that's what I thought, but I was afraid because I don't actually see that side of things. Um, and the call in button is enabled so you can call in. I'm sorry, I have no idea. I didn't know I was on. I would go out and come again. No, don't you dare. Oh, she did it already. Okay, dokey. So anyway, um, then, but Pastor, I wanted to ask you, is there a gift of, of faith? Somehow I heard that. I don't know if I ever read it in the Bible. Um, uh, God has given uh -huh. us all oh, there we go. a measure of faith. And there is a gift of okay. faith. Okay. That, like, you got the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom. Yeah, there is a gift of yeah. faith. But the Bible says yeah. faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um what we have to understand is that the Bible says also that God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You cannot go to God in a natural place. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's like, okay, do you believe the scripture where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If a person mm -hmm. believes that, then one should ask God for strength. Um, the anointing destroys the yoke, right? When we receive mm -hmm. the anointing from God, it eliminates barriers in our lives it destroys strongholds in our life and it destroys the yoke you don't go when you are anointed to do the will of God 
fear does not enter. It's the natural man that fears, not the spirit man. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. All together. So now, who 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 said that? I'm one of the timid ones. Um, here, from now on, you you know you can't. And Pastor, you can speak to this if you like. There is no way to rush someone's um, upbringing. You know, I can't make a three-year-old be a ten-year-old. I don't care how. You know, some people do that to their poor little children. Uh, I'm impressed with my younger daughter who never cared for any children at all. So when she had her first child, she was on the mommy board. She checks every um, <laughs> every professional uh, thing thing that she can find to help her be a better mother and she was a psychology major at school so i think she takes it all very seriously right and that's kind of how i believe it is with christ you know um when we are raising when, when he is raising us right there are times when the people around us want us to be more mature than we can be because we are born again. Now, this is my, this is how I read the born again uh, discussion that Jesus Christ gives when he says you must be born again of the spirit and of water. From then on in the Bible, this is what, what comes to me. Um, this is how I believe the Holy Spirit has helped me to uh, accept what is going on when I find myself falling short of what I believe I ought to be doing and knowing, okay? I'm being raised. I was born again. I start off from the beginning, like a baby. I come into the kingdom of God, only having been reckoned as a person worthy of this new 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 station in life this new uh position this new place this new governance this new father that i have right and then through uh, my fellowship through uh, the trainings and teachings that i get from uh, the elders in the church and through my constant dependence on god and that dependence is demonstrated in prayer and reading his word, I begin to develop like a child, like a baby. Excuse me. And that time comes when I am reaching the stages of my upbringing in Christ. You know, so you're hitting these, these um, milestones, right? Like Paul writes, by now, by now, you should be eating meat, but you're still drinking milk. That happens when we are slack or we're not getting enough uh, training. You know, you, you are not maturing. You are, you are stagnating, so to speak, or you're remaining static. And so along with that comes these natural flesh things that we have yet 
to crucify. We have to crucify the the, the lust of the flesh, the, you know, and all of his desires. That comes as we learn Christ. And truly, I used to pray to hate my own sin. Father, teach me to detest that because if I don't like it anymore, I'm apt not to perform it anymore, you know? So that was me being raised by, that's my relationship with the Lord. That's how I can talk with him. And he, he respected, you know, he helped me in that regard. So public, getting up to say anything, to give a testimony, to, to pray, or just to talk about Jesus with other people. We have to, we have to jump the hurdle of the flesh. But one thing that I believe helps us to really, really grab hold and let the Lord mature us so that we begin to eat the meat is to do public witness. However it comes, pray publicly, talk about Jesus to uh, people that we know. Now, I'm not saying preach at them, but just be willing always to give that testimony to witness of the goodness of God. If all you say is I, the Lord has done good by me or, you know, whatever. I think it really, I, no, I know. I know it helps us to to grow uh, in Christ. And of course, the more you read the word, the more excited you get about it, the more apt you are to want to share. And of course, all things under the guidance and leading of the Holy Spirit. JJ, I'm just so, I did send it. <laughs> yes, I sent it exactly as you wrote it. So somebody tell me what a what's up number is. I don't understand that. 919-911-88191. What is that? Is that a, um, what? what is a WhatsApp number? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> Pastor, I'm so sorry. JJ is trying to get in. Um, so I'm, so, okay. So are there any comments about the prayer? I know the power of prayer. I know to talk to God about anything. I can pray when a person comes to me and ask, I am just timid in praying for a group. My grandpa prayer prayers saved me. Grandma, I'm here because of her prayers. I thank God for it. See, I, I understand you. I totally understand it, Sharina. I honestly do. I'm telling you. Uh, and and the time will come when uh that that whatever that is, what whatever is making you timid there, the time will come when you won't be timid anymore. That's just all I'm going to say about it, because we, we don't know we don't know anything except what you know we know what we know. So yeah. God is going to fix it. But I surely did share that I was very timid in public prayer. And remember, I said, but I was doing a lot of praying at home, and I was doing exactly what you're doing. I was praying for other people. I was witnessing to the Lord. But when it came time for a public prayer and my reason, I believe my reason, Sharina, was because I was intimidated by the people I was with. They were not saying or doing anything that made me that way. But that that was me. And uh, one day I, I just was over it. I, I don't even know how it came. I was just over it and uh, and have been praying publicly whenever, you know, the time comes. I still have a um a trepidation, so to speak, uh, because I, I do believe that people sometimes are expecting something that the Holy Spirit may not be leading me to, to be or do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 
I just don't even know. And and I do have it. And that may be by the spirit of the Lord that you're feeling it. You know, it doesn't even have to be you necessarily. It could be that the Holy Spirit is refraining. He's, he's restraining us at this time. And it is not for us to do at that time. Praise God. I, yeah, that's that's just how I see it. Okie dokie, Pastor. I'm sorry, you were saying, what were you saying? Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it mm -hmm. will eat the fruit thereof. We have to watch how we talk. How we say the things we say. Timid, timidness mm -hmm. is not of God. God wants you to be bold. The devil wants you to be timid because if you be timid, you won't say what God's telling you to say. If you remember the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was uh, anointed to go to the children of God and speak to them and tell them that God wasn't pleased with how they were living. But Jeremiah said, I can't do that, but I'm just a child. And God told him, don't tell me what you can't do. He said, I'll put my hand over your mouth and you will say what I say. Then he told them, and I used this when I was first started preaching. He said, don't look at their faces. Because he knew that that would distract Jeremiah. And he told Jeremiah, if you look at their faces and they make you not say what I'm saying, you're going to have a problem. I'm paraphrasing. He said, you're going to have a problem with me. So sometimes you got to think of something else. Um, you have to understand that you are the mouthpiece for God. That once we build the confidence. See, I've always I found out if I say what God said. How can I mess up? I'm saying what he said. People will intimidate you if you allow them to. Sometimes I've seen preachers preach with their eyes closed. Because people will look at you crazy and, and you just get thrown right off. So if you so desire to be that mouthpiece for God, all you got to do is ask God in prayer to give you the strength. Get, take away the fear because fear is not of God. Amen. So, yeah, we could do whatever we want to do in the name of Jesus if we believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do believe it. Um, and to JJ, I'm, I'm sorry. I see. I can't resend an, an invitation that has already been sent because it it grays out. And I really want to hear what you have to say. Uh, if you could uh, type it, then we could read it, right? Um, but I can't resend the invitation. Um, and and you did. You you know you asked to to to, to come in, and I. Oh, I did it, but try to do it again before we have to to get off and see if we can get you in. Uh, there's a there's a, a a live someone in the live uh, audience who wants to make a comment, Pastor, and I've been trying to to get him in, and uh, it's just, you know he, he, I'm not catching him soon enough. I guess I'm I'm looking here, but 
Okay. Very, 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 very um, um, spirited discussion tonight and getting into some uh, some places in our lives where we are, um, what is the word? I don't know, uh, concerned or where we have questions or, and, and it's really, really, really good. It is really good. I will definitely invite you. Okay, that's me. It's really good because when we don't say it, you know, when you just sit with a thing and, you know, God, will, I, I believe God will work it all out in due, to, due time. I, I just do. But there are times when we kind of have a nagging, in, an inner nagging, and we like to be able to discuss with someone who will understand and who will, um, with gentle rebuke, bring us into a, a different way of thinking about a thing. So by his grace, uh, that's, that's, it's, it's good. And I'm very, very pleased that everyone who shared tonight was willing to open up and share. And when you're willing to open up, which is what we're asking you to be, we're asking you to be uh, the word they call is transparent, but I say just to <laughs> be in the moment, right? And to be truthful and open about our experiences with Christ because someone else may be going through similar things or may have gone through similar things and can give you insight and help you now to rethink and repray the condition. And, and then you will have confidence that God is able to bring us on. And I, 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 I don't know. Sometimes I, um, I just wonder. Um, I, I wonder about many things within the, within the body of believers. I, I wonder about some things, and I'm reluctant myself to open it up because, uh, you know, because it, it, it makes you sometimes seem like you don't know or you don't believe or you don't do this or don't do that, whatever, I don't know. But nonetheless, it's good to be able to share and to discuss and to get different perspectives. It's a wonderful thing. Any more comments out there? Is there anything else we would like to talk about? JJ really wants to talk about something, but I can't, I can't get him to type it and I can't get him in. Um, and I'm very sorry about that. But JJ, now I have your email address. See, that's how I invite. I don't use WhatsApp numbers. I don't have those things. I invite by email. And tomorrow we will meet at 9 a.m. in the morning. I'm going to send you an invitation. We meet also at 8.30 tomorrow evening. I'm going to send the invitation if you don't come in the morning. So you will be allowed to come into the studio and say whatever it is you didn't get a chance to say tonight. And if the Lord so desires me to answer or those who will be reading with me, we will certainly have that discussion or maybe you don't need an answer and it's just a comment. I will pass the comment on to Pastor uh, uh, Thomas as well. I think your comments are as important as any of ours and, and I really do want you to share them Please know that. I really do. Okay. So now, Pastor, we we have had a good, good simulating conversation. Would you like to summarize, wrap up, or say any other thing? Um, all I say is this. I thank God for tonight. I thank God for everybody. 
whatever mm-hmm. it is that you determine is a hindrance or something that's keeping you from growing or going forward, something that makes you concerned about how others will take it, you need to expose it because your answer is in the exposure of whatever it is that has you bound and you can't grow. You can't grow in that area until you expose that thing. You know, when people were speaking to other people, one of the things I used to tell them is, well, one thing about it, you stand up for the people and speak, they're not going to boo you. <laughs> you know, so they're going to receive what you mm-hmm. said and, and, and you just grow. If you, if you eliminate the fear in our lives, you will see how powerful you are. You would see how much you working with. You don't even realize it. That's all I would say. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. Pastor JT, truth concerning competition. Yes. Um, among folks in prayer and even preaching. Absolutely. Yes. Expose whatever it is that has us bound. Amen. Glory to God. Now that's coming from a person who, see, I, I wanted Sister Amy to, to really tell us because she is, um, she has demonstrated, not by her words, not by her words, but she has demonstrated uh, in her, in her uh, service to the Lord and to, to the congregation that she is born to pray as an intercessor. Now, the word intercessor, I think, gets thrown around quite a bit, um, and I'm not quite sure that everybody that we say is an intercessor is a true intercessor. I don't know. Anyway, uh, but but Sister Amy has insights, and and we are often in fellowship, and so we talk, right? And um, I thank the Lord for the present company that he has given me to keep because it has turned out to be true fellowship of the believers where there is no indictment for your for for your lack we don't see lack we see we see the common love of Jesus Christ over our lives and his attention to our lives and him keeping the promise to finish the work that he has begun in us. That's what we see. That's how we interact. That's how we share with one another. And I believe that I could confess any shortcoming that I have within this body and that I would be very safe. And I believe that Jesus Christ in, in showing that the woman who was taken in adultery and by the law, those people wanted to stone her to death. And Jesus Christ asked one question, who among you is not guilty of sin? It's just how it is. And we might just as well stand up and own it because it's really the truth. So when we are growing in Christ, he is aware, and I just love him. 
because he can see me through and through. He knows my thoughts. What is it? What psalm is that? You know, my thoughts are far off. You, you know, where can I go from your presence? How can I escape you knowing me? I can't. And therefore, this has been a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful exchange. And I'm very, very pleased. Thank, thanks to everyone who, who had a point to make tonight or shared a, a discussion. The, the, the discussion of prayer, I think, is ongoing. It's something we really need to just... Um, I love what Pastor of Thomas is bringing us to, and that is believing that when you pray, God really does have the power to perform it, and believing that, and walking in that confidence. So when we pray, and you say amen, this is what I say to myself. When I say amen, I'm, I I know it's done. I believe that God heard it, and that he is working it out. Now, unlike pastor, I will pray about it more than once. I sure enough will. And I think that, I, <laughs> I think that God, you know, uh, understands why I do. Sometimes it's really to, to unburden, um, you know, what, what, what the, the weight of it, the weight of it all. And so I just talked to the Lord about it. But that, that too is another discussion and and uh, we've been we've been here for many uh, for for quite a while now. So any comments that I have not read, anything that I should say, good show, good night. <laughs> that's so and so, my dear dear life touch. I love you dearly. Yes, it was uh, to God. What is that? T Y. I don't have the glass. So Sharon, I'm sorry. You know, I'm I'm going um, T Y. Thank you. Oh, T.Y. is thank you. Okay, this is in text language, okay? And amen, we see it. Hallelujah, that is so. Expose whatever it is that has you bound. Okay, so those we've read already. Pastor, what can I say? But God is good, and thank you so very much for being uh, a part of, you know, of just, it, 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 just you know, being, being in the position that you are and uh, having been called by the Lord. You're fervent and, and consistent in it. And we are the recipients of that um, that God has gifted you with. Thank you very, very much. I've benediction. Amen. Mm -hmm. I want to offer you a burden relief. Romans eight and twenty-eight. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know it very well. That will yeah. lift any doubts, any fears. You know, that scripture lets you know because of who you are, what you ask for, you will receive. Amen. 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 As, as we end um, this evening, I will end it as we do with the Proverbs. It was a wonderful discussion and teaching. Yes, and we could go even deeper. Isn't it amazing, right? Because the word of God, listen, Paul writes that I may know the height and depth and breadth and length, you know, is that much. It's, and, and one word, one, one scripture, one topic in God's word has so much depth. 
so much height, so much width, <laughs> so much. It's, it's amazing. I am always astonished at how much more there is when I read God's word. It's a wonderful, wonderful fellowship with the living uh, Christ that, that he is, right? So um, we'll get back to it. And don't forget that coming this coming Monday night at eight o'clock, you will meet with Pastor again here on on this uh, same station, you know, uh, to begin to to really delve into being single. Um, and and I, you know, God, he didn't give me a title. What is it? What is what are you calling that that discussion, Pastor Thomas? Living single. For God. Okay, living single. Living single with God, yeah. that's how it will be. Okay, guys, listen, bring friends. We, we, we bring friends. I am not counting any numbers, but this one thing I know, I believe that young people will be astounded at what God cares about in their lives. And if they never read the Bible, this is a good way to begin to get them into his word by coming and hearing other people discuss it by hearing topics hashed over by hearing perspective from God's point of view. And that's what pastor Thomas is bringing. So invite your, your children, right? You know, I, I, I sit here not, you know, I, I, I hate to do that kind of thing, but anyway, in, in my contact list, right? I know that there are people <laughs> who are like that. So I send them the invitation. One day they may show up. Well, I do have a couple that are showing up, right? And one was the most unlikely taker, but he has come several times. So let's, let's be fervent in it because the ultimate aim for fellowship among the believers is to be prepared. Well, Pastor, get me if I'm wrong, to be prepared to be the witness of Jesus Christ, right? And we want to see others come to know him as well. So share with, you know, share if they don't come, just keep sharing, just keep sending it out there because one day they might. And then the, it will never be said that you didn't, you didn't uh, invite them, right? That the Lord had not extended his hand. So guys, listen, we've dined sufficiently and in a moment we'll have to go because our time will be absolutely expended. But as we leave tonight, uh, just ponder those things which you have heard and go out with joy because as pastor said, God knows if you ask him, he will answer. And he definitely is concerned that we make it into glory. So whatever we need, he's going to give. May God be praised forever and always. Have a really great night. And the Lord willing, I shall see you in the a.m. 9 o'clock when we will read again from the powerful, wonderful book of Proverbs. God bless you. And someone says, okay, I have a scripture here. Ah, amen. Sharina, thank you. I have that scripture on my wall, along with Romans 8, 1, Ephesians 4, 3, 6, and 12. Right on, darling. I will tell you, that's the only way you can remember it. Just put it up there. I, I do the same thing. Amen. We must share a blessed good night. And here comes MZQ. You were here before you left and you came back. But we're at the end of the show now. So join us again. Um, tomorrow or next Wednesday at 8 o'clock. That's when you will meet with 
Pastor. We are completing the Proverbs and so glad if you join us there as well. May the Lord give you the best day, evening, or night by letting you know that he is right where you are. Have a really wonderful one. See you soon. Amen.